news, sports, AccuWeather, and more. Wake up with the information you need on WKOK Sunrise on News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. And thank you so much for joining us. Super duper glad to see you on the radio. We could not have been more helpful all week long, Mr. Rob Center, our fabulous producer. So we always appreciate his help and hard work rolling with the punches and making sure that uh, everything gets done. So we appreciate that. Well, in the studio now, movie Mike McGranahan is here, professional movie critic. His uh, women in cinema advocacy has made a big difference in Hollywood, so we appreciate that. He's an author. Uh, Was a prolific tweeter. I wouldn't say he's tweeting quite as much as he used to, but he's still at it sometimes, so we appreciate that. Welcome aboard, sir. Good morning. All right. I don't don't really get into all the Marvel comics, but uh, Shang... Chai? Shang Chung Chi. Shang Chung Chi. Wow. Chung Chi. Chung Chi. Okay, I got to get that right. Chung Chi is looks like a good one. Please tell us about that. It took 25 tries, but Marvel finally made a movie I didn't like. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings stars Simu Liu as a San Francisco valet who was trained to be an assassin. He's hidden this fact for a long time, but when his estranged father comes looking for him, he finds himself traveling to China, where he discovers some dark family secrets related to a mysterious organization called the Ten Rings. Marvel definitely has a template for its origin stories, and Shang-Chi follows it to the note. We get the requisite training montages as the hero learns to use his powers, a climactic fight with a giant CGI creature, and everything in between. That formula has gotten kind of boring by now. The movie's pace is additionally slowed down by an excess of exposition. A lot of time is spent explaining Shang-Chi's family history, the cultural legends that figure into the plot, what certain mystical objects mean, and so on. So much time is spent explaining stuff that they forgot to make Shang-Chi an interesting character. There are a couple fun action sequences scattered throughout, and awkward Aquafina gives a funny supporting performance as the hero's best friend. Beyond that, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is a low point in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. On a scale of one to four, I give it two Black Panthers. All right. So uh, so that explains why I enjoyed it, because I haven't seen all the Marvel films, but you have. So this is uh, formulaic in your view. It is. I should point out that I am very much in the minority on this one. Critically at Rotten Tomatoes, it has, I believe, a 92%. The audience score is also in the 90s. So many people are enjoying this much more than I did. But I feel like these movies are all starting to seem the same. They follow the same formula. They hit the same beats. This one really doesn't add anything new to the mix. And I was looking forward to this one because my favorite of the Marvel movies are the ones that have introduced me to characters that are lesser known. You know, I I like Iron Man and the Hulk, but I really enjoyed Doctor Strange and Black Panther because I knew less about those characters. They were not the A-list characters prior to the movies coming out. Uh, And so I was really expecting to love Shang-Chi, and I just felt like it was going through the motions. There's just not enough here that's really interesting or different enough to make it seem uh, separate from any of the other Marvel movies. Why was that acceptable for Marvel? They have to know that as they put it out. I think their approach is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But my other problem with the movie and with the Marvel Cinematic Universe in general is that so much time is spent doing business. You know, Marvel has an entire line of films, and they're all supposed to tie together. So a great deal of time in Shang-Chi is spent on Marvel business. There are several mm-hmm. characters from other Marvel movies that make completely gratuitous cameos. As you get towards the end, it's setting things up that are going to pay off in some other movie two, three, four years down the road. 
road, and they just forget to tell this story. It's a lot of Marvel business, and to me, that also wore thin. Have there ever been interconnected movies where they did the interconnections and the business exceedingly well? Um, not necessarily. I mean, Marvel... I think Marvel has generally done it well. The problem is that these movies have been around for so long now that it's become, again, oh, kind of formulaic. The right, right. You know, they sort of invented this idea of a cinematic universe that everybody else is now trying to copy, the Conjuring movies and the Fast and Furious movies. Uh, and they did it well in the beginning, and sometimes they still do it well, but they can also go overboard. And I think that that's partially what happens here. Aside from all of the endless exposition, I mean, those two things just really drug this movie down for me. All right, and have there been a good example of a, either Marvel or another movie where they ignored the business and really just presented a great story? It does happen to tie to other characters, but they didn't raise mm. it up the flagpole and really show it off. Uh, we had one couple months ago with Black Widow, which was a standalone Black Widow story uh, because it took place before some of the other movies. It was a little bit of a flashback because, of course, Black Widow perishes in Avengers Endgame. Uh, because it didn't have to set anything up for any future movies it could just be its own thing and I thought that that was really one of the better Marvel movies for that okay. reason all right because it was just the focused on the art and the and the story and didn't really worry about whether you'd see all the other stories that right. are are connected to it is Marvel the most lucrative comic film series ever <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, these movies are the defining films of our time, for better or worse. They have completely dominated the landscape in terms of box office, in terms of discussion of movies, in terms of media reporting of movies. Uh, in some ways, they have sucked all the air out of the room okay. because Marvel is pretty much all anybody talks about. Now, I think that there are reasons why these are the predominant films of our time, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. You know, we uh, tomorrow is the, the 20th anniversary of September 11th. We live in a world where many of us saw that. We've seen Columbine and Sandy Hook and Parkland. We've seen now a coronavirus. So I think people like this idea idea of movies where there's a hero or a protector coming in and making things right or taking down bad people. I think that fantasy is really powerful right now, which is part of the reason why these movies have been so popular. Oh, yeah, taking down a bad force. That's that's the through line through the, mm -hmm. the whole thing of one form or another. Okay, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Two, two Black Panthers two in Black honor Panthers. of a much better origin story. <laughs> okay, super. All right, thank you so much. Uh, other new movies coming out this week? Well, first of all, how do we see Shang-Chi? In theaters only. In theaters, okay. Uh, and other new movies out today, if any? Yes, we have a horror movie called Malignant, which is the new one from James Wan. He's the guy who directed the original Conjuring, the original Saw, the original Insidious. Mm. Uh, and so this one, they held this one from critics until the very, very last minute, although I am told by colleagues who saw it late last night that it's pretty good. So that opens today. And then there's also a documentary called Show Me the Father, uh, which is kind of a faith-based documentary from the guys who made War Room and Courageous and Overcomer. And this is a, an inspiring documentary about five fathers who did really prominent, important things and inspired their children and people around them.
Show me the father. Oh, sounds interesting. Okay, super. You'll see Malignant this week, I bet. I'm seeing both these movies today, yes. Okay. Double so. feature day for me. All right, super. Well, we'll get uh, a full review of one and a mini review of the other next Friday. Chad Hirschberger will be at the anchor mm-hmm. desk. I'll warn him if he has a chance to get to the movies. And to see Malignant, you go where? In theaters or on HBO Max. And show me the father. Theaters only. Theaters only. All right, super. Yeah, we got to get that in there. How's the box office doing? I heard that some movies are going like gangbusters lately. Yeah, Shang-Chi opened over the Labor Day weekend and broke all records for that weekend, pulled in $90 million. Now, generally, Labor Day weekend is a dumping ground for the studio's leftovers. You don't generally get a big A-plus movie like a Marvel film on Labor Day weekend, but because of COVID, the rules are all out the window. But still, that's a real encouraging sign, and it does show that if you have a movie in theaters only that people really want to see, like a Marvel film, they will turn out. Okay, so the box office is kind of catching up. Even with the surge lately, uh, you don't have theaters packed yet. So Not yet, yeah. Okay, yeah, so there's, there's some distancing there, and that's kind of good news to everybody who's uh, paying attention to that sort of a thing. Okay, Michael K. Williams died, and when yeah. I first heard the obituary, I thought, who's that? And boy, did they flick me on the forehead in a, in a big, <laughs> in big hurry, because, uh, boy, just a, a real, not only a great actor, but a leader. Definitely. Most well-known for playing Omar on The Wire, uh, also played Chalky on Boardwalk Empire, was in tons of movies and different TV shows. Uh, Michael K. Williams, really talented guy, dead at the age of 54 from an apparent drug overdose. He had spoken very openly about his struggles with addiction over the years, and it seems like it got uh, the better of him in this case, which is really sad. If you've ever watched The Wire, and I'm not a big TV guy, but The Wire is one of the best shows ever put on television, and his performance stands out among an amazing cast. There were so many great actors and great performances in that, but his work as the drug dealer Omar was just unforgettable, and it showed what a powerful and magnetic actor he could be. So a real loss. This was a guy, I think, who had many, many great things ahead of him, and unfortunately his life was cut short because of drugs. You and I keep having this conversation every year about some talent who's just taken way too young Mm -hmm. because of substances. It's really sad, and it's a good time to remind people that if you're out there and you're struggling with any kind of drug or alcohol addiction, please get help. It's out there, it's available, uh, and uh, you should definitely make the investment in trying to get sober and enjoying life. All right, yeah, that's a shame, when, you, especially when you hear see an artist like that. Yeah, CBS News uh, played a clip of uh, The Wire, and, of course, I, I was sad I haven't seen it because it really just sounds like a gripping drama. It is. And, and of course, his acting, well, true movie-quality acting, I would say, if that, if that makes any sense. Uh, the Venom sequel moved up by two weeks. You tweeted mm-hmm. that this week. They didn't delay it. They're moving it up. Right. Th- this movie's been bounced around. They had delayed it a couple of times because of COVID, but now in the wake of the phenomenal opening of Shang-Chi, they have confidence that comic book fans will turn out. So Venom, There Will Be Carnage moves from October 15th to October 1st. Okay, so we'll be looking at that in a couple of weeks. Have you seen that yet, by chance? No, they have not shown that to anyone yet. Okay. Is that a good or a bad sign, or just coincidence? Um, It's still a month off, so that, that's pretty normal. They'll okay. start showing in about three weeks, two, three weeks. And AMC wants me to go to the movies. AMC just launched a $25 million ad campaign, television ads, and theater promotion, trying to get people to come back to the movies. They produced a really great video with Nicole Kidman. She goes into a theater, talks about why the movie theater experience is important, uh, did a really 
really great job. They really want people to come back to theater. So if you haven't seen that, Google AMC, Nicole Kidman, and uh, you'll see what a great job they did on that. Okay, super. And they, they're just showing that the theaters aren't packed. They're safe. They're distant. You can wear a mask if you so choose, and you'll see some other masks there, and mm-hmm. uh, you can enjoy the, the movie experience. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We enjoy the movie Mike experience. Thank you. So, thank you so much for coming in. Movie Mike McGranahan, professional movie critic, and author, too, and his appearance is always sponsored by the Campus Theater, Lewisburg.